You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. I was in that conference. Uh, God kind of gave me my message for today. I mean, you know, sometimes you just need to listen. And, and so I've hit this zone where it's like, you know, God, I want to preach what you tell me to preach. And so I'm always in a, in a mode of listening. Uh, but we were up there just building relationships. And uh, there was one of the, the speakers that was there, and it got me thinking. Uh, and this little phrase just popped into my mind, and many of you probably recognize this, but you can say it with me. A friend in need is a friend in Look at that. I knew you guys could do that. I knew you guys could say that with me. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Now, one of the guys that was there, he made this statement and it just got me really to thinking. He said, nothing in the kingdom works or lasts without relationship. I mean, think that's pretty true there. Nothing in God's kingdom will work or last without relationship. And that is so important. And then he went on to make this statement about making friends and and who is your friend? And what does it mean to be a friend? And he made this statement, and it kind of piqued my interest. He said, Jesus made a friend on the cross. I said, wow, okay. He made a friend on the cross. And so that piqued my interest. How I many know I had to go to the scripture <laughs> and really dive into this to understand what he was talking about? But he said, Jesus made a friend on the cross. Even in this most agonizing moment, uh, he decided to hang out with somebody after that moment. So uh, Luke chapter 23, this is where we're starting. Uh, we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about friendships. And then we're going to do something special as well uh, in the message. I'm going to invite some people up uh, in just a few moments. They're going to share with me too. So now don't get scared and run out of here thinking, okay, is he going to bring me up on stage? And I've already talked to these people, okay? <laughs> Some of you right now, you're about to slip out early on me. So, but no, Luke chapter 23, starting around verse 39, says, then one of the criminals, was that me? Oh, we're good? Okay, cool. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, now this is Jesus when he's being crucified, remember he's hanging on the cross and there's... Uh, between two thieves. He said, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, do you not even fear God seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, these are two thieves. They, they know why they're being crucified. They know their sins. They know what they did wrong. One of them like, is like, man, if you're really Jesus, like you say you are, save yourself. And by the way, can you save us too? And the other one's like, man, don't you fear God? Don't you know who this is that you're talking to? This is, this is Jesus, the son of God. He said, this man's done nothing wrong. We've done something wrong, so we, we suffer justly, but he's done nothing wrong. Then he looks at Jesus. In this moment, relationship is about to be formed, okay? Looks at Jesus and said, just, Lord, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. Verse 43, and Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, today, everybody say today. today. He said, today, 
you will be with me in paradise. So in that moment, this is somebody that Jesus uh, probably has never met until that day. Amen? This is somebody with a lifestyle different from Jesus. Would you say amen to that? Okay. Different than Jesus. This is a criminal next to Jesus. And a relationship is formed. Let me know, have you ever met somebody? Let me really break it down. Have you ever met somebody and you just clicked with them? Huh? You just kind of click with them. And, and no matter where you were, but you thought, you know, you click with them and you're like, man, that's a person I can hang out with. So something in you related to that person. Something in you like, okay, man, this, I got some good vibes from this person. This is, now can you imagine here Jesus is saying, a guy he just met, this guy said something to him and recognized, hey, wait, this is, this is Jesus. This is the son of God. I know who he is. Lord, please remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, hey, you know what, today you're going, you're going to be hanging out with me in paradise. So, so he didn't have to go through 10 steps to become a friend. He didn't have to go through all these different stages to hang out with Jesus. But Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. He made a friend on the cross. In his most agonizing moment, he was still on purpose. Have you ever felt the weight of things, not the weight of, of God, but the weight of things just kind of weighing you down. Anybody ever been there? Work, your schedule. If you're, in, if you're in college, school, deadlines. Anybody faced with deadlines? And all these things can weigh you down. You know, you got to get that. You got to turn in that assignment at a certain date. The boss is waiting on you. And just the world has this way, guys. It, it can crush us. But even in that moment when we're overloaded, I mean, you know, that does not excuse us from the assignment that God has on our life. We still, we still have to do what Jesus has called us to do. Now, that could have been a good moment for Jesus. The weight of sin is crashing upon him. Man, he's, he's, he's hanging on the cross. I don't know about you, but it's like, I'm, I don't even want to picture myself hanging on the cross. <laughs> But I don't think I'm, I wouldn't be like, hey, yeah, we're going to be hanging out in paradise together. Well, let, can I really break it down? Let me, let me say it to where you can understand it, okay? So a couple years ago, I was, I was uh, doing this little biking group, like mountain bikes. Anybody ever been mountain biking? So this is my first time going mountain biking. I thought it was going to be easy. It's not easy. There's nothing easy about it. So I get a mountain bike, got my gear, and I go out. It's about five guys. We're on this trail. I think we went up to, was it Percy Priest Lake? There's some trails out there. So we went up. And these trails, it's like, I thought when they said we're going to go on trails, I thought it was going to be just a flat trail. But I found out why they call it mountain biking, because you're up and down. You're jumping over stuff. And so, so we get about 20 minutes into this trail. I'm dying. Like... I'm like sweat, I can't even see, sweat's in my eyes, I'm out of breath, I'm doing everything I can to, to just keep up. And this one guy who had been mountain biking for many years pulls up on the side of me, right? And there I am huffing and puffing, and he says, hey, Pastor Donis, I've been going through this, and I wonder if you can give me some advice. 
I said, brother, <laughs> I said, I can't even keep my breath right now. But he was serious. He was like, hey, I've been going through this issue. And while we're mountain biking, I'm like, dude, when we get back to the vehicles, I can talk to you then. <laughs> but there Jesus was, agony, dying on the cross, still was on assignment. Y'all get what I'm talking about now? It's still on assignment to bring people into the kingdom of heaven. And I think no matter what comes in our world, what comes in our way, we've got to realize that relationships are important. And I think there's different stages of relationships. Jesus just met this guy, but they formed a relationship. They related to one another. Amen? Now, have you ever heard this? Or have you ever been in a relationship with strings attached? Y'all afraid to admit that. No, 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 no. I don't even. <laughs> or let me put it to you this way. Do you want to be in a relationship with strings attached? No. Because usually when the strings attached, it's like, well, we can be together if you do this, right? Or, or if you do what I want. And, and it's always strings attached. And we stay away from things with strings attached. Because that's like falling into a commitment that you don't really know what you're getting into. It's like you don't feel free, do you? So we're going to find out Jesus sees friendships a little bit different than the way we see friendships. Because our friendships, we don't want to be in a friendship with strings attached. But let's go to the word of God and we'll dial in on this one. And we'll spend a little time talking about it. John chapter 15. I'm going to skip around a little bit today, guys. John chapter 15, starting with the verse 12. Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love, no one has shown stronger affection than to lay down, give up his own life for his friends. Verse 14. Jesus said this, you are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. Uh-oh. Now here Jesus is saying we can be in relationship, but there are strings attached. Y'all get that? There's strings attached. It is. And I know human nature, we don't want to be in something or a relationship with strings attached. But God doesn't think like us. Amen. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's ways are higher than our ways. And here Jesus is saying, you will be my friends, but there's a string attached. This is real stuff, guys, because human nature, we don't want, we want to, I want to be your friend, but I want to be it on my, my agenda, my terms. We don't want the strings attached. But we can't think that way with God. Amen? Jesus is saying, you are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. So that's a relationship that is contingent upon us being obedient to Jesus. Now you got to ask yourself, is that the kind of relationship that I want to be in? I would hope you would say yes. <laughs> because that's reality. What is Jesus saying? You can't be my friend if you don't obey my commandments. That's really what he's saying. 
You'll be my friends if you keep on doing the things I command you to do. Now that separates real Christ followers, amen, from those that just wear the label. That's what it does. Amen or ouch, it's in the word of God here. Jesus said, you got to keep on doing the things which I command you to do. Strings attached if you want to be my friend. That's his view of friendship. That's his view of friendship in the kingdom. Can't be my friend if you're not listening to me or doing what I ask you to do. So that requires the big C word. What is that? Commitment. That requires a commitment to follow Christ. That requires a commitment to know I'm entering into a relationship with Jesus. I want to, how many want to be the friend of Jesus? I don't know about you, but I, if, if I only had one friend, I wanted to be Jesus. And if I'm the friend of Jesus, what do I have to do to keep that friendship okay? Have you ever had a friend and you had a falling out from the friend? Anybody been there? That's... I mean, no, that's not, that's not good, especially if that's a good friendship and, and, and there's some things that can happen that can come in and drive a wedge between you guys and there's a falling away when you get mad at the other or, or whatever. I mean, no, that's not a good moment or a season uh, unless that was a friend that should never have been a friend. But when things go bad between two friends, it's just, it doesn't feel good. It can cause some hurt, some pain, some some regret, some disappointment, and then you want to try to heal that relationship. If it's going to be a relationship that's going to be beneficial to you, you want to make sure you heal that. And so when you're walking with Jesus, we got to make sure that we are, we are not letting anything come in between the friendship, which is our disobedience. I mean, our disobedience comes in and I'm not saying when, you know, God says thou shalt not kill. I'm not talking about you go out and you want to kill somebody. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about when he speaks those simple little things to you. You ever had Jesus speak just something simple? Hey, go up and speak to that person. Go up and give that person $5. Hey, you see that person over there? That, that person's going through something. And, and you may not hear an audible voice, but have you ever felt something in your spirit? that tugged you like, oh, I need to go speak to that person? Of course you have. And in that moment, listen, that is Jesus wanting the friendship to stay between you and him, but he's giving you a commandment, a mission, something to walk out. Now, if you don't do it, it doesn't mean Jesus is going to write you off. Amen? <laughs> but it does mean he's going to keep prodding you. And pushing you. And we've got to make that conscious decision. If I'm going to be the friend of Jesus. Because he tells me, if you are my friends, you are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you to do. We've got to nurture that relationship. We've got to keep his relationship. We've got, to, we've got to keep close to him to hear what he wants us to do to represent him in this world. Amen? Y'all still with me? Now, I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but I'll give you an example. Maybe I have, but it's okay because you probably forgot. Okay? 
But this was about, I don't know, about two years ago, maybe, I don't, yeah, maybe about two years ago, uh, we ran a baseball tournament with my son, and it was on Father's Day, Father's Day weekend, so we had a baseball tournament. And I remember that, that tournament because uh, me and my son, we were talking like, oh, Dad, it's Father's Day. And, you know, usually we're in church on Father's Day, but we're at a baseball tournament, so we didn't, we didn't know how to feel, but we're out there on Father's Day. And, you know, I just, you know, we went out there, so we're, we're in this tournament. It's Sunday. It's hot. Everybody say hot. hot. So it's hot. It's Father's Day, because that's what, June, right? Yeah, so it's hot. It's in Murfreesboro. We get there, and it's so hot. It's like, you know, I look, I don't know what I look like. I, I was sitting in the bleachers by myself, because sometimes I can look crazy, and my wife's like, okay, because it's over there. So, so I, wore, I wore pants, Rick, so I rolled my pants up, took my shoes off. I was barefooted, and I had the, uh, the, the, the cooler with the sodas in there, with ice that had melted. So I took a towel, dunked it in there, and just draped the towel over my head. I didn't care what people thought. I'm trying to cool down, you know? So I'm there minding my own business. Uh, Grace's team is out there. They're, they're smoking this other team that's on the field. So they're, they're killing this team. And this coach of the other team, he is like furious so much. I mean, he's going off. When these guys come back from the field, go into the to the uh, dugout, he walks up, David, and he's beating up against the fence. And I'm looking, these boys are like sitting back and no parents are doing, I think everybody's shocked at this moment. And he's beating like, guys, I want to win. Don't y'all want to win? I'm tired. And right, Heather? I mean, he's going off. He is going off. I'm looking for the police. Like, <laughs> and, then, and, then you, you, and then you know when somebody goes off, people... People may not, they ain't going to pray for him, but they'll be talking about it. So I'm looking around, people are like, look at that coach over there. Look at that. And right then and there, I know Jesus spoke to me. Because Donald, you got to go over there and talk to him. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Come on, y'all been there. This is what I'm talking about. If you're going to be the friend of Jesus, I'm sitting there like, God, I don't got my shoes on. And I'm just, you know, in my mind, I'm going through everything I got to go through, Rick, just to get prepared to walk over there. I got to take my, my cool towel off, got to roll my pants down, put my shoes back on. And I'm, I'm really trying to ignore that. I mean, no, the more you ignore it, the louder it gets. And it got so loud, Don, to where I felt like, oh, this is a necessity. Like it was something more that I, I couldn't see, but God knew it was something more that was going to happen in that conversation. So I'm looking around at people and finding I'm like, well, man. Take my towel off, roll my pants down, put my shoes on, and I walk. I'm like, God, I don't even know. I mean, no, sometimes we try to negotiate. Yeah. I said, but God, this guy is like, he's already escalated, and he's, I'm like, I don't want to go over there and cause a scene. And I'm like, what am, what am I going to do? He said, he said, reach down and grab a cold bottle of water. And that's going to be your conversation starter. Oh, God. So <laughs> grab the water. I'm marching over there. So I'm going all the way around to his dugout. I pass the parents that are sitting there just looking like calves at a new gate. Like, they don't even know what to say. I'm like, these y'all's kids. And you're not, okay. So 
I pass over there, and I walk up. And by then, everybody on uh, our bleacher side is looking at me like, what is he doing over there? That's the other coach. So I walk up to him, and I said, hey, coach, do you want some water? That's all I said. And right then, he turned, looked at it, and he kind of just, like he knew. And that opened up the conversation. Now, I didn't preach to him in that moment. But I said, hey, man, I said, I, I noticed that, you know, kind of a little upset. Really, he was a lot upset. <laughs> so I noticed you're a little upset. And I said, I said, I get that, man. We want these kids to do good. And then, and then I came from a different, different type of angle, Steve. I said, you know what? I noticed that, that, man, you're out here by yourself trying to coach this team. And you got one little teenager helping you. And I said, I applaud you. I said, I passed a bunch of dads that could have been helping you, but I said, I applaud you for even being out here coaching these kids. And I said, but you know, I said, maybe you need to work on your approach. And I said, instead of, instead of yelling, man, I said, You're not gonna, we're not going to get anything out of them then. I said, let's just encourage them. I said, sometimes you got to be get in their face, but I said, do that in a way to where it's not embarrassing. And I just went through this whole dialogue with him. And I kid you not, guys, and Heather can testify, I kid you not, when I walked away, and the next time he approached his kids, you couldn't even hear him talk. You couldn't even hear, you couldn't even hear him, you couldn't even hear him, but, but he was still talking to him. And as I walked away, I'm like, God, I don't know what all that was for, you know? And God said, Adonis, he said, you fathered him on Father's Day. He said, you spoke something into his life far beyond baseball. And in that moment, I'm like, okay, God, okay, I get it, I get it. You just never know how, when, and where God can use you. In that moment, I chose the approach as I, as I heard from God. Instead of talking bad about him and, and judging this young man, I know sometimes you just got to go up and conversate with people before you judge people. That's the truth. You go up and conversate, and, and now I've, I don't think I've ever seen him beyond that game, but I guarantee you he will remember the day that he was going irate on these kids, Rick, and somebody from the other team came over and had a conversation with him and tried to help him out. Those are those God moments. I didn't walk over with my Bible and quote a scripture. But I did what God told me to do. Amen? We can't be afraid of those moments when Jesus said, you're my friends if you keep on, keep on doing. So how many know it's not a one-time thing? I thought God was going to leave me alone after that. Like, God, that at least should count for about five months worth of, you know, but it's, it's a continuous thing, guys. You just never know. We're always on assignment. Amen? Y'all still with me? Yes. You sure? Yes. Okay, give me a hand clap to encourage me. We're going to wrap this up in just a few moments. But Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. And this, I love the song we were, we were singing. And it's like, God, I will make room for you. Do whatever you want to. Sometimes we got to clear out some stuff. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires, everybody say desires, to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man, man, gain, man give in exchange for his soul? Now let me read it from the Amplified. It's not on the big screen, but just kind of hear this out. Then Jesus says to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests. Now here... Now, this is, this is against popular opinion when it comes to, to our life. Sometimes we, we, we get in this mode of, of uh, building our life, and that's a great mode to be in. Uh, how many guys ever, ever dream for more or better? Anybody? Let's be real. We all do, you know? Uh, sometimes I get twisted, and I want smaller. I think it's my age, though. I think as I turn 50... You can, you, can, you can ask my wife. I'm always, when I get home, I'm looking at our house. Like, Babe, let's just sell this and get a tiny house. <laughs> One of those little tiny homes. That's on my bucket list. And, and, and she has to talk me off the ledge. Or not even talk me off the ledge. She just gives me that look. And I know what that look is, you know. Okay, it's premature. I shouldn't have even asked you right now. But, but Jesus said, you got to forget yourself, your own interests, disregard, lose sight of, and take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living and in need be in dying also. For whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort and security here shall lose it, meaning their eternal life. And whoever loses his life, his comfort and security here for my sake shall find it. Life everlasting. So Jesus has his approach, guys. When we follow him, it's, it's not about coming to Jesus to see how much we can gain, how much we can get, how much our lives can be blessed, but it's really coming to Jesus denying ourselves so that we make room as we were singing that song. It doesn't mean you can't live life and enjoy life. Jesus came so that we can have life and life more abundantly. But we've got to be in this mindset to make room, and we can't make room if our heart is so filled with what we want, things that we desire. He said, you've got to lay that down, put it aside, make room for him to come in so that we can live a life that he wants us to live. And I think as we follow his commands and we do what he wants us to do, how many know we serve a God that's going to bless you? We serve a God who's going to take care of you. We serve a God who's going, to, who's going to increase you as you are following him to do what he wants you to do. So you got to deny yourself. And when we talk about following Christ, it's simply saying, God, I am your instrument. Use me how you want to use me. We deny ourselves it doesn't mean that God's going to deny us. Amen? See, we get it twisted. No, God doesn't want you living this, this, this poor lifestyle to where you can't, you can't be a blessing to other people or you can't. No, 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 no. We live a lifestyle of denial. God, I, I'm, I know you're going to bless me, but I want to do what you want me to do right now. Sometimes we got to deny our flesh just to get up out of bed. Come on. Anybody ever... 
set your alarm clock, you're adamant you're going to get up and be on time for something, alarm clock goes off, and you hit snooze. Let's just be honest. Some of you don't even wake up to hear it, to hit snooze. You just, you, just, you know, and that's, that's just real. And then we got to motivate ourselves to get out of bed. And it's like in this moment, I really believe when we deny ourselves, deny our flesh, deny the things that we want, it doesn't mean we'll never get blessed from God, but it means we're making room in that moment. We're clearing our schedule, we're clearing whatever's on our agenda, and we're making room for him, amen, to come in and use us. Now here at, at Bridges Nashville, guys, we're real big on, on being a bridge, and, and you know, this church, guys, we, I don't want this to just be a cliche, but I want us to walk out. What does it mean to be a Christ follower and to impact people around us, amen? I believe that's our God-given assignment. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.